Hi, and a really warm welcome to today's podcast, which is another episode in the Adaptive Work Skills series. I'm Chris Watson from Endor Learn and Develop, and we're a specialist provider of behaviourally based learning services. Our aim is to deliver practical ideas to extend the performance of people. If you ask people, can they identify their top goals and priorities? And this is from the Harris Poll. This is bang up to date. Only one in six people say that they can do so. And if it's goals that we work on to achieve a given name, and that's, that's quite alarming, really. For the most part, I think people find the thought of goals as it kind of locks them in, it ties them in. So people don't naturally engage with enthusiasm, I think, to here's your goal, here's your target, here's your objective. But I think there are some things that can be done very easily and elegantly to maybe alter that. We've all heard about this, is sort of day one of the, uh, the management training course, but uh, anyone uh, just share the, uh, the, what the acronym's for, SMART goals? Is it specific, measurable, achievable, realistic and time-bound? It is, fantastic. So this is supposed to be the panacea. This is rolled out, trotted out on every management course I've ever been on. Uh, you know, this is, this, is, this is the thing that will transform a line manager's goal creation and, and make them robust. And more specifically, the intention is make them so they're more defined and more likely to happen. What I'm going to say is, is sort of challenges conventional wisdom because I don't think it works very well. And, and more importantly, I don't think it helps managers, mentors or coaches to actually create a goal that works. And, and the, the reason is that you've got these five items there. There should also be an I at the end of it. So smarty is better than smart. And the I is inclusive. You'll never get commitment without involvement. So that's the reason for the smarty. But by the time you've added the I onto these goals, you've got six different things to remember when you're constructing them. And it's very much to the benefit of the person writing the goal and not to the person who's actually supposedly owning the goal. From being a learning and development manager for about 10 years in the largest drinks manufacturer in the UK, there was, you know, real enthusiasm for this type of approach. We used to review goals all the time, part of people's performance reviews. And what you'd see is they'd have a smart goal and actually it'd be constructed in a smart way. So it, it was specific, it was measurable, achievable, realistic, time bound, and hopefully inclusive. But by the time people had actually ticked that long exhaustive list off, people were writing these goals that are about five or six lines minimum and it was a long paragraph of basically rhetoric and it pushes people away. So I've got a system, simpler way forward that will work every time for you. And more importantly, will give you something definite to discuss at each meeting that you have. OK, so JFK trying to secure funding for the space race. And what he said was, I believe the nation should commit itself to achieving the goal before this decade is out, landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to Earth. 
And this is it. You know, this is the example that we hold up and we'll print in our books of a smart goal. But it's just not specific. You know, which man, which nation, which decade, which moon? So even the best practice doesn't hold up to scrutiny. The other thing to bear in mind as well is something that feels counterintuitive. Difficult, really stretching goals consistently produce the best results and the biggest levels of effort. For example, and these are called GBOGs, but it's great big outrageous goals. And great big outrageous goals just shouldn't work, but the evidence is they do. Winston Churchill set himself a GBOG when he was 17 years of age. It's almost a beggar's belief that this actually was his goal, but he set his goal at the age of 17, and it was this, that he was going to be in command of the defences of London and occupy a really high position, and one day it will come to him to save the capital and save the empire. And that's a 17-year-old boy. Now, that's fine. All that's lovely to know. However, there is some more bad news. When you go back to the Harris poll, even having the goal isn't enough because when you ask how many people can translate the goals into action, more people can't than can. So it's got to be understandable and people have got to uh, know how they can contribute towards it. And what I'm going to suggest is and introduce something called AMS. All you need to have the most robust goals is AMS. You don't need all the other bits. The goals that you create using this shouldn't be more than about two lines long at the most. There can be a handful of words, but they will work. So the A is you always start with an activity. Now, the reason for that is very clever. So you use a verb, you use a doing word. What's the activity? What's going to happen? The M is the measure and the S is the standard. And the reason is the A, the activity, is basically flagging up what needs to be done. There's instant ownership and it's a verb it's a doing word, so you'll know whether or not it's happened or not. The M, the measure, is how do you know it's been done? So what's the activity? How do you know it's been done? And then the S, the standard is to what degree or what extent? So you can just shape it a little bit more. And that's all you need. As long as any goal has got an A, an M and an S, it will potentially work as long as you've got the commitment of that person sat in front of you. For example, verb words, you will create, you will design, you will produce, you will monitor, you will organize, you will represent, you will collate, you will introduce, you will increase. You know, these are all words, doing words that something happens as a result of them. Now, how can we relate this even more to to your role. Someone in your, in your group wants to be known as the most purposeful and productive employee. And they know they're not at the moment, but wow, fantastic. What, what an aspirational goal. 
And the reason is because we can now start to chop this up a little bit and we can talk about what are the component parts for you of being purposeful and productive. What does a productive employee do? What do they look like? What does a purposeful person do? Well, they're focused. They are really effective in terms of sort of managing tasks and managing their personal performance. I, time management might come into that. They're resilient. They handle stress well. Now, straight away, we've got four big, chunky themes there. Well, let's start with uh, time management. Previously, what you might get when you're talking to someone about time management, uh, the manager might say, well, actually, yeah, the uh, supervisor does need to make better use of their time. And so you get these horrible, horrible goals that will appear on performance reviews. They will say things like, yeah, you need to uh, be improving your time management. Where is the activity? Yeah, where is the measure? Where is the standard? And it's again it's about what the line manager wants. It's not about the value for the person sat in front of you. So it needs to be improved. There has to be some sort of activity. So we'll transform this just to illustrate uh, the value of this AMS approach. So activity, measure and standard. What needs to be done? How do you know it's been done? To what degree? So someone's tried to improve this, asked why they need to better use of their time. It's because they're always sat, sat in the office and we need them communicating more. So in that case, line supervisors spend more time organising briefing of staff, less on day-to-day -day admin. OK, you're kind of getting towards an activity now, but there's no measure and there's no standard. Then this becomes a bit clearer. Nick to conduct a 30 minute team briefing every Monday at eight o'clock with defined action points recorded and shared. The activity is the team briefing. The measure, how do you know it's been done, is because it's weekly at a defined time and there are action points and they're recorded and shared. So that's the standard that's expected. It's not complex, it doesn't have to be. And that's 15 words, something like that. And that is robust as you ever need to be. More importantly, it can be revisited and you know it's taking place and contributing just to one of those areas for that overarching goal. Line managers really like it because they know the importance of goals, but most of us, and I include myself, if you haven't got some sort of framework or some sort of model other than the SMART, because SMART is good for ticking whether or not all the elements are in there, but what it doesn't do is help people to construct goals. And so what, what a lot of managers do, they, they flounder and they feel less confident and it becomes a complicated process. I, you know, if I'm talking to someone about a potential goal, or they say, well, how could you phrase that as a goal? All you have to do is think about, right, well, what's the doing word? What are you going to start with in terms of that verb? You know, what needs to happen? How do you know it's going to be done? And are, are there any sort of aspects in terms of, you know, what standard do you expect it to be? Or, you know, to, to what degree or what extent? And if you just pass that to the other person, they're creating their goals as well. So it becomes inclusive. And as we know, people will always commit themselves to a world that they help to create.
Okay, and this brings us to the end of this short podcast. Many thanks for listening today, and I hope you'll be able to tune in again soon.